0: Welcome to the B2B Mix Show with Elena and Stacy. Each week, we'll bring you ideas that you can implement in your own marketing strategy. We'll share what we know and advice from industry experts who will join us from time to time here on the show. Are you ready to mix it up? Let's get started.
1: Hey, everybody, I'm Stacy
0: Jackson. And I'm Elena Jackson. We are the co founders of Jackson Marketing. And in case you still haven't heard, we are also sisters. We're bringing you episode 30 of the B2B
1: Mix Show. Stacey, what's the topic of today's episode? Today, we're going to talk about how to know if you have a marketing problem or a sales problem. We've all been hearing a lot about sales and marketing alignment. It's all people talk about lately. Uh, But a lot of companies still struggle with getting their teams to collaborate in a way that produces results and success. And one of the problems many companies face is not knowing, is it a problem we're having with sales or marketing or both when we're trying to hit those corporate goals and revenue goals? So we've brought in Brian Williams to help all of you listeners out there diagnose your problems a little more easily. And he's also offering some tips on how to solve those issues. Elena, why don't you introduce Brian to our listeners? Brian is, after 20
0: years in the Silicon Valley tech industry, working for companies like Cisco, Motorola, and Ericsson, he left and started his own firm called Perspectivity. They provide sales training, sales enablement, and advanced sales presentation skills for clients such as AT&T, City, Altran in the Paris and France areas, and Cisco, as well as many other small businesses. He's delivered hundreds of sales presentations in more than 10 countries. He is a Toastmasters World Champion of Public Speaking finalists. And here are some personal tidbits about Brian. He has a bachelor's degree in computer science from Texas A&M. He lives in Dallas, Texas with his wife and four children. He's a fitness fan, vegetarian, avid runner, amateur photographer, and is a leader in working in prison and homeless ministries. And we would love to hear more about your ministry work sometime because I have a big passion for ministry work. So we'll have to take that offline. But right now we're here to talk sales and marketing. And I'm kind of wondering how you're still standing because it sounds like you're always super busy and always on the move. So we are really excited that you found time to meet with us and chat with us. So welcome to the b to b Big Show, Brian.
2: Absolutely. Awesome introduction. Thank you so much for that. And I am excited to be here with you guys. Great meeting you when we met in Boston. And I'm glad we're able to do this again. So thank you.
1: Me too. Your session was one of our favorites, so.
2: Yeah, it was. <laughs> awesome. Good to hear. Very cool.
1: So, Brian, as I mentioned a moment ago, we've we've heard about a lot about sales and marketing alignment. Some companies feel like they're working on it, but maybe they're still having issues hitting their sales and marketing goals. How do you advise people to go about diagnosing that ultimate problem when it comes to hitting those goals how how can they tell if it's marketing or sales or both
2: so i'd like to start with some simple definitions right because sometimes when you keep things simple it aids in understanding right so marketing is creating awareness right which produces leads and sales is using sales skills to convert leads into paying clients so i think if i just just yesterday i was i spoke at this event last night And uh, this, I was having a conversation and the lady was saying that she, she had the same question, right? So I said, listen, do you have enough qualified leads? And I, I use that term specifically. Do you have enough qualified leads coming in every month? What is that number? And what is your conversion ratio on those qualified leads? So let's say you have 10 qualified leads that come in every month and you turn three of those into clients. That makes a 30% closing ratio. So if you can predict the number of qualified leads that you have coming in and you can exercise that same closing ratio every month, you can predict what your revenue will be for the next month or the next year. Right. So if you have a certain number of qualified leads coming in and you can You can explain how those leads are being created, right? And then you have sales skills, sales processes, sales strategies in place to convert those into clients. Now we have an effective marketing and sales machine, and we can grow a business predictably and eventually, hopefully, sell it. I'm an entrepreneur at heart, Uh, sell it when we've created that kind of machine.
0: One of the things that when we were at Inbound and attended your presentation, you talked about communication and the language that salespeople and marketers use. They're speaking different languages. And what are what are some of the ways that companies can prevent that problem from happening in their own organizations? Because if we're not speaking the same language, we're we're having a problem right there, right?
2: Right, for sure. So one way to think of it is so most people on the marketing side, they talk leads and ads and websites and brochures and colors and graphic, all those things, right? All the marketing speak. And the sales folks, they do the same, right? Closing ratio, prospecting, sales scripts, all those things. And there's nothing wrong with either one of those. The problem is if each side only speaks their own language, right? So the marketing teams must learn what prospecting is like, what the salespeople are going through, right? What a qualified lead looks like. Because marketing says, well, leads came in and salespeople are saying, well, but, but were they qualified leads? Meaning, are those people that are remotely interested in what we do as a business? Because a lot of times marketing gets excited because leads are coming in. But the quality of those leads may not be quite as high. So it's just learning the value, the language that each is really about understanding the value that each side brings to the company and then speaking in a language that they can value and appreciate. So we can't throw out all marketing speak if we're in sales and we can't throw out all sales speak if we're in marketing. We have to bridge the gap and learn how each of those two worlds work, because ultimately the company thrives when they work better together.
1: And that's a good point. I think that goes back to the what you were explaining about the how to diagnose if it's sales or marketing problem, because marketers may think, Oh yeah, we got a thousand leads in one week. It was great. And then sales is like, these leads are trash. So <laughs> having that shared definition and shared language, that definitely helps. But beyond just definitions, what can marketers do with analytics to make sure their processes and strategies aren't part of the problem? What What do they need in place to really make sure that they're doing the right things to support sales?
2: So now, good question. Now, this is going to sound maybe a little bit country to some folks like it may not work. But I will say that. I would go have a conversation with the sales team and say, what are you guys expecting? How what what do you think about the leads we're producing? What do you think about the quality of leads, the quantity of leads that you have? Right. what do you guys uh, want to sell more of? How are you selling it? Like the more insight that you have on what the sales team is going through, the better you're going to be able to help them do what they need to do, which is generate mm-hmm. revenue so everyone gets paid. Right. So I would just have a conversation because that just doesn't happen a lot. Like marketing. So I was at a, so when I was in Silicon Valley, it was a huge high tech startup that everyone would understand. Know if I said it. And I was in software test at the time. Well, software design, so that team would write all the code and we would test it to find all the bugs in the phone or computer, whatever, before we shipped, right? So we had a meeting. So when the development would finish the software, they would meet with tests. So software design is done, software test is about to begin. And the, the software design team would meet with us and say, guys, look, this is what's happened. These are the features we created these are some problems that we saw that you might want to poke around cuz you're probably going to find a lot of issues there these three areas we think are rock solid i wouldn't spend a lot of time right and we would get together and have a conversation right design and test would talk and communicate and design would equip us with areas to address areas that are probably quite strong you might not want to spend too much time there so we had what's called insight right so we would know where to go and where not to go and it i can't tell you how effective and productive that was. I've worked in a lot of tech startups, a lot of large tech companies. That was the only company that I saw that did that. And I don't see that happen and happen enough on between marketing and sales where they are intentional. Like that was part of our process. Right. You do not begin test phase until you have this handoff meeting with design. And that was an hour, hour and a half long meeting where we got really deep into the details. But I can tell you, it made us much more effective. We were able to finish faster, and we actually found more issues in the software as a result of that handoff meeting. So I would recommend the same between marketing and sales.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. One of the things that I've seen in some companies is a lot of times they're trying to have the conversations like you were talking about where sales and marketing are trying to have those conversations, but the problem is sometimes it's only at the high level. So like it's the, the managers having that conversation and, and it's not always getting passed down to the the people that are actually doing the work in a way that is making an impact. Do you find that that's an issue across most organizations that maybe they're trying and they're having it at a high level, but it's not coming down and trickling down into the people that are actually doing the day-to-day stuff.
2: So exactly right even in the example that I use right it was a software design team and the software test team no managers were needed like we were down deep into the code right we had literal lines of code on the screen right and talking through it like notice here like if you guys try to you know, stress the system out over here. You're going to find problems because look at this code. See how that's designed. I think we can make it better, but right now it's not quite there yet. Now to their credit, now notice what I'm saying. Most software design think that every line of code that they write is flawless and perfect and there's no problems with it, right? And, but these guys, they were admitting issues. They were open and honest and vulnerable. And so when marketing and sales gets together, not at a really high theoretical level, but down in the weeds, let's get analytical and personal and specific about it. So if marketing is sharing, you know, we have been trying to do LinkedIn ads, let's just say. We're spending this many thousands of dollars a month. How many leads is it is it producing? We're very excited because we got 800 leads last month. Well, the sales team is going 40 of those were quality, right? Now we just we can save ourselves a lot of time and money if we have these healthy conversations. Right. And I use that term specifically. Healthy conversations where we're open and honest and vulnerable and we're sharing true information so we can generate true insight as a result of having those healthy conversations.
0: Hey, folks, let's take a break to hear about today's sponsor. (laughs) And we are back. I was going to ask one question about, are there specific tips that you can give to say the people that are doing the actual work in marketing to help and, and the people, the sales reps to help them think about ways when they're in their day-to-day processes. Okay. I need to be doing this to, to make sure that we're aligned better.
2: Mm-hmm. So, Yes. Here's the best tip I can give, you know, considering I don't have the details of each company, right? But from a broad perspective, I would start having those conversations, right? Because here's the thing. I'm a big believer. in. so my Aunt Nanny Bo, right? She's married to Uncle Lacey for 57 years. So I catch her in the kitchen one day. I say, Aunt Nanny Bo, you got to tell how have you guys been married this long? And you're always so happy. She said, baby what your uncle Lacey like, I do. And what he don't like, I don't do. <laughs> she was done with the whole conversation after that. right? And she said, he does the same for me. Things I like, he does. Things I don't like, he doesn't do. He does with his friends, family, whatever. right? So I would say marketing, go to sales and say, guys, what do you like that we do? What, the, the things that we do, the, produce, the leads that we produce, like, what is it that you like? And what do you not like that you see? And just ask that honest question and then be quiet and start writing. What they like, write it down. What they don't like, write it down. Continue to do one. Stop doing the other. Sales do the same thing with marketing. What do you guys, uh, you know, what mention things that you like and mention things that you don't like. So each side, ask that question to the, to the other and then take notes. And it's amazing. So now we don't have to spend our time doing things that is that that have no value to the other side, right? That's called a waste of time and effort. Now it takes some courage and boldness to ask that question, and it, some people get offended because the thing that you love most they say brings them no value. But if that's the truth, I say embrace that truth, right? And find out well why don't you guys value that? And then they may say, well, we tried it, and it's just not working for us. Like we don't find we get clients through that channel that you are open for us, right? And if that's true, we need to find another channel. So I would just say have that conversation of what you like and what you don't like, take notes and be open and honest. You have to have the right atmosphere to do that, right? So you have a healthy outcome. But instead of handing off, you know, tips and tricks that may or not work, you know what works in your organization and what 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 doesn't. In fact, if you don't, just ask the other side and I'm trust me, they will be more than happy to answer that question for
0: you. Yeah. And one of the things that Daryl Prell, the CMO of VanillaSoft, has mentioned, he did a presentation about how marketers need to be holding salespeople accountable. Do you think that that's something that needs to happen as well? Because another know that one, I think the stat is like 44% of salespeople or sales reps give up after one follow up. And so there needs right. to be like a cadence and making sure that the salespeople are, are making those because it, it can take, what, five to 12 contact attempts for a sale. Exactly. Are there things like that that need to be happening sure. to, to hold each other accountable?
2: Okay. So let's beat up on the sales side a little bit. <laughs> because. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm happy to do that because I work with those guys a lot. Now, now I will we can beat up on marketing too. <laughs> <laughs> so I, so another company comes to mind where a number of healthy, qualified leads were produced every single month. And the sales team, were, they just were not doing an effective job of converting. And so I didn't know where the problem was. So I started listening to their calls. So on one hand, yes, you're right in that it does take multiple follow-ups before you're going to get in contact, which will lead to a conversion, right? One or two, it just won't cut. That's never going to happen. And, but in this case, when they did get in contact, cause there was a few, they were very persistent in pursuing the prospects, pursuing leads. But then when I started listening in on the calls, I found the problem. Their sales conversation skills were quite weak, right? They did not have, a, they just didn't have the sales skills needed to convert leads into clients or the listening skills in some, case, in some cases to convert leads to clients. So, yes, I would agree with you that if, again, right, if a healthy number of qualified leads are produced every month, marketing has done their job, right? Your job is done. If you can check that box, you go to sleep well at night. Because now we we produced, we've given sales what they need. Now you need to go bring home the bacon. That's on you now. If you've gotten gotten a number of healthy, qualified leads, it's your job to have the correct CRM, sales conversation skills, sales presentation skills, whatever that might be to convert those leads into clients. And obviously there's a lot that goes into that on the sales side. But I would say if they're producing the right number of leads and their quality, I think Marketing should sleep well at night. And now sales owns the problem of converting those quality leads into clients. And quite honestly, if you have the right skills, that should not be very difficult. Like I have to generate the leads and clothes in my business, right? I have someone that helps with that now, but that's a much tougher job. If you're being spoon fed qualified leads, that's a coveted position to be in in sales let me tell you that and if you don't value and honor leads that are given to you that you didn't even have to pay for or work for you're spoiled and i meet lots of spoiled sales people they don't value the leads and so they don't hustle they don't call six seven eight times they don't develop quality uh sales conversation skills because guess what they're going to get more quality leads next month and they get spoiled and entitled and it's pitiful
0: yeah. So what about if we beat up on marketers a little bit? So our marketers, what what are marketers doing? I mean, should they be putting certain words into their content? Or should they be doing certain things that pull in the right
2: leads? Good good question. So here's what I, what the, some marketing teams that I've been able to work with is I'll say, I want you to start talking like sales professional. You don't have to be sales professional. But begin thinking and talking like sales professionals, because I understand you're in marketing. I get that. But the closer you can sound like salespeople, the more effective you're going to be in marketing, right? Because we want to start the persuasion and conversion process before the sales process starts, right? It's your job to scre- to grease the skid, so it's a smooth transition from marketing to sales. So, what does that what does that sound like? Not just talking about uh, pitching products and service, and why we're great and why we're awesome, but finding out what problems does a prospect have, what is their day like, what is their, what emotional trauma do they go through during the day that makes their, makes it a hard day in the life of running their business, and try to find out, like get into their world and start using their vernacular, their terms, finding out what their fears and emotions are, and then speak specifically to that as opposed to to pitching in position. Because we see a lot of that from the marketing side. All you got to do is open up your LinkedIn account, right? And now it's, it's become spam central all of a sudden. Uh, in fact, I will share this with you. Um, from a, So to answer your question specifically, right, I had a client out of Houston call and say, "We want to get into the largest uh, prison system in the, in the state, largest prison uh, system in the country, and the largest hospital system in the state, I think it was. And I was able to do all three for them. But here's how I did it from a marketing perspective. Right. I went on LinkedIn. I found the uh, one of the people that they wanted to get in contact with at this large prison system. Right. And and they were doing telepsychiatry, by the way. You would get on a video call with the psychiatrist and they counsel the people from there. And I found out, you know, a little bit about the person. I went on the LinkedIn profile. I actually read their profile. Right. I watched a couple of videos on the website. I found out that because the guards are not trained on how to handle inmates with mental health issues, they end up hog tying them, handcuffing them, tasing them and putting them in solitary, which which is extremely unfortunate. And the number of deaths and accidents they have in the prisons because the guards aren't trained on how to deal with mental health patients like many people aren't, right? And so I dug into the pain that they're going through. What is their day like? Right. And, get, and this is what I did next. I watched some videos on that. I read a few articles on that. And then I then I did all of that work before I ever reached out to the guy. And then I finally put my LinkedIn message together. Hey, John, let's say I'm glad to connect. Listen, I got an idea of what you guys might be going through. I understand your guards, what they're being faced with. They have these mental health inmates that are sometimes can be out of control mentally and physically It puts them in danger your guards in danger right they don't know how to handle it they're hog tying i put all that stuff in i I just heard about the law that was attempted to be passed to help with this but you and i both know it's going to be a couple of years before that ever happens listen if you're going through some of these things i think we might be able to help with our telepsychiatry services if you have any interest you like to talk here's the number that's it i said nothing about my company right i said Everything about what he's going through, the problems they're facing, I almost became a mini expert at the issue that they're facing. And guess what? Two days later, he reaches out. Next day, we're on the phone. They end up doing business with this client. Now, all that was marketing. Then we had to have some sales, sales skills and things that we put in place to convert that lead to a client. But to answer your question, we got, I got totally into their world. It has nothing to do with pitching and positioning and why we're great and spamming them with email and all these cool technology tools we have, right? Now, this is a high stakes B2B sale, which is a little more complex, right? But that's what what was required to get their attention and eventually have them become a client.
0: Right. Because you spoke to what they needed. They had a pain point. Here's this situation. And you learned about it. You spoke to them about it and didn't even push yourself. And that's what drew them in. And I think a lot of marketers today just are creating content just for the sake of having new content they're not looking at it from hey let's talk about what is actually happening with our prospects and and what they need
2: yeah and you know what i've learned from talking with mark it's fun to create cool content and graphics and videos and websites all that stuff is fun right you just get to talk about what you (laughs) like and enjoy and you push it out there well guess what It's a time, intention and effort to go find out about this guy, watch all these videos and see all these inmates and watch all the it's it's a it's work as Africa's. Guess what? Mm -hmm. That's not my passion. Right. I don't know much about prison systems and guards and mental health. I mean, I learned a lot going through the process, but that's not necessarily fun. Right. I mean, I like learning about other people and things. So I just started researching all these things and looking at these articles and these laws that were attempted to be passed and then put a very clear but concise message together that touched on those things, which sent a message to the other side that said, man, this guy knows his stuff. It's like, he's been in the prison the last six months. <laughs> right. no, anything you want is available online, right? You just have to have, a, you have to care enough about the prospect to go research.
1: It sounds like a lot of the issues, whether it's sales or marketing to prospects or sales and marketing to one another, can be resolved if people are kind to one another and have that sense of empathy for one another and the problems that each other face.
2: You know, know, the very talk I gave last night dealt with this. It was a sales talk, and I'm talking about empathy and listening, kindness and integrity and vulnerability, right? Because ultimately, you're dealing with people. And it's so easy to engage with technology because it doesn't talk back. It does whatever you want it to do. You push a button and it happens, right? People are a lot more difficult. And what I'm finding is we're leaning more to technology because it's easy and we're, we're avoiding the complexity of dealing with people.
1: Mm-hmm. So as far as things that could maybe help with that empathy or at least help improve how sales and marketing work together and how they serve the customers, do you have any recommended procedures that each team should have in place or a type of technology they should use together? Just any last thoughts on on how to really bring home the bacon for the company by working together well?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I was talking to this one company that's really, I think, has cracked the code, right? So they've done two things. Number one, they have a chief revenue officer, right? So The head of marketing and the head of sales reports into the CRO. So there's one leader. There's not just sales and marketing with this chasm between them. That was one thing they did smart. The second thing they did, that's really smart. Marketing is incentivized to bring in quality leads, right? So if you bring in a certain number of quality leads and those leads get converted into clients, marketing gets a cut of that action. I thought that was awesome, mm-hmm. right? So guess I what? do too. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was so cool because marketing is now more focused than they've ever been. They value the the quality leads over any lead. They're not just producing content and pushing it out there because they, they're saying to themselves, if that's not going to generate quality leads, I don't want to spend time there because I like these bonuses that I'm getting all of a sudden. So number one, they had a CRO that was over both marketing and sales, and that CRO did a really good job of bringing synergy between those groups, creating those healthy conversations, right? Secondly, marketing was, was incentivized to bring in quality leads that sales obviously valued because they make their, their quota, right? The more quality leads they have. And on the sales side, we did have to do some work on working on their sales conversation skills and their and using the CRM because they were using one that was really kind of complex and complicated. So having a, a simple CRM that uh, easily reflects the, the where that company may be in its growth. Because some people are using like Salesforce and it's just way too big mm-hmm. and complicated and expensive and they don't need it. And so having the right CRM is what that particular company needed. Then working with the sales, people's sales conversation skills, empathy being a big part of it because of the industry that they were in. Uh, we were able to make some huge turnarounds as a result so having a cro having marketing be incentivized and creating those healthy conversations and then four was working with the sales skills and the crm on the, with the sales team okay
0: so we have one last question for you and it's a really tough one okay sure so if if you weren't ceo of perspectivity and you could do anything what would be your dream job
2: hmm i would be doing more Motivational speaking, let's say exclusively, because as I've gotten older, I'm moving from being focused on income and increase and more interested in impact and influence.
0: I can see that you're you have the personality and you seem like you really care about people and, and what's going on. So I could see you doing that for sure.
1: Thank
2: and you I, for that. I, I, go ahead. I
1: felt motivated to try and be a better salesperson <laughs> for the company that we yeah. have after your um, session at Inbound, for sure. And I yeah. don't like to sell, <laughs> I'll be honest. I, I totally yeah. respect salespeople. It's a tough job.
2: That is that is true. You know, that is true, but I will say it, it actually speaks to what you were just saying a second ago. First of all, I appreciate your words and about the session at Inbound. I, I'm grateful for that. Secondly, I'm finding genuinely caring about people if you if you look at sales as i genuinely care about this person i'm talking to so much so that if i can help them i will and if i can't mm-hmm. i won't i will simply just leave the conversation and tell them have a great day cuz i can't help you i my desire is to go find someone i can help i'm not trying to sell something i want to go help someone right if i have something that you need that will help you i will offer it to you and if i don't i won't it's it's if we can look at it in mm-hmm. those simple terms, I think it just changes the game and how we use sales.
1: Well, Brian, thank you so much for joining us and uh, telling our sales and marketing listeners the things they need to look out for when it comes to getting those teams aligned and working together to meet those corporate revenue goals. If our listeners want to reach you online, is there a preferred way for them to get in touch with you?
2: I am a LinkedIn junkie. So you can find me on LinkedIn. If you just, search Brian Williams and my company name, Perspectivity, uh, you'll find me there.
1: And before we close out, we didn't uh, get to ask you at the very beginning, but is there anything you want to share about Perspectivity?
2: Um, We're a company that focuses on three things. We are, and we're we're willing to go up against anyone in these three areas. And that is creating your, your ultimate value proposition or your sales pitch. Working with you on your sales presentation, both design and delivery, and how to craft professional sales conversations, be it phone, email, in person. So, sales pitch, sales presentations, and sales conversations are what we believe we're the best in the business at.
0: Well, again, thank you so much for joining us. And now all of our listeners know they've been told what to look for to diagnose your sales and marketing problems and how to fix them. So, it's up to you. Take the action and do what Brian has told you to do. Now, if you want to get in touch with me or Stacy, you can hit us up on social. On Twitter, you can find Stacy at, at Stacey underscore Jax, that's Stacy underscore Jax. That's S T A C Y underscore J A X. You can find me at Elena underscore Jax. That's A L A N N A underscore J A X. And if you don't like Twitter, you can always find us on LinkedIn. Stacy Jackson and Elena Jax. And finally, don't forget, you can leave us a voicemail on the Anchor mobile app on our show page or on our show page at b2bmix.show. Have a great week, guys. The B2B Mix Show is hosted by Stacey Jackson and Elena Jackson of, you guessed it, Jackson Marketing. If you need help with your B2B inbound marketing efforts, visit us at jacksonmarketingservices.com.